Matthew chapter 9. I'll begin reading at verse 35. Matthew 9, verse 35, the Bible says, Jesus traveled through all the towns and villages of that area, teaching in the synagogues and announcing the good news about the kingdom. And he healed every kind of disease and illness. When he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were confused and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. He said to his disciples, the harvest is great, but the workers are few. So pray to the Lord who is in charge of the harvest. Ask him to send workers into his fields. With our Bibles open, let's pray once again. Lord, it's so easy to see as we read this text that your kingdom was to move forward. You came declaring the good news. Lord, you also made it clear to your followers that the harvest was not the issue. It was the shortage of workers. And if the labor force was going to serve effectively, they had to take the workable lead that you give us in this passage, which is to have compassion. Just as Jesus was moved on by compassion and he responded with such action that it changed lives, move on our hearts with compassion until our outreach is driven by that kind of grace. Lord, I praise you now for what you're going to do today. In Jesus' name, and everyone said... Amen. You may be seated. You know, companies spend a lot of time and money on branding. They work diligently so that they can be identified, perceived in a certain way, and even remembered. Let me put a phrase on the screen and tell me if you know what brand we're talking about. Check out this phrase. What are we talking about? So they've been successful in putting their brand before us. However, those who are specializing in branding will say it's not only caught in phrases, but it's also communicated in pictures. Let me put a picture on the screen and tell me what it represents. Look at this. Because they are successful. You see, branding is trying to capture not just a phrase about who we are, but the personality of who we are. What is our brand as a church? I don't know that it's fair to ask us, what if we just randomly interviewed people on the streets? What's the word on the street as it relates to the brand of the local church? What would people say? For you and I believe that if we can be a church that is relevant to everyday need, if we can be a church that makes a difference where the rubber meets the road, then we will give people an accurate picture of Jesus, Christianity, and the church. However, you would find a lot of different perceptions, some that would really break our hearts that people have about the local church. Considering how the local church may be perceived, I ask you this question. How is Jesus branded? As we look through the pages of New Testament scripture, what do we learn? We see that Jesus was in the trenches with people. 
We learn that Jesus put people above religion. He would even break the laws of Sabbath in order to compassionately minister to the hurting, the broken, and the sick. If you were to get Jesus' brand, you may want to talk to the leper, prostitute, or woman of Samaria. What do we learn from those passages? We learn that Jesus was branded by compassion. Compassion at any cost might be the phrase. Compassion and no holds barred. Compare his brand with that of the Pharisees or that of Israel. They were branded by the law. They were all about Torah. But Jesus said, love your enemies and love your neighbors. So he would be found interacting and ministering to the centurions, Gentiles. He would be found ministering to people like prostitutes, the women of Samaria, or IRS agents. Now that's compassion right there. Compassion in the Greek is the word splankna, and it's used 12 times in the New Testament. And each time you see this word, Jesus takes action because... This word would speak of that place in our soul, the deepest part of us where we sense a burden. It's where the Lord moves on our heart and we cannot help but respond. For the 12 times that we see Jesus being moved on by compassion, he then takes action. He's raising a dead boy. He's opening blind eyes. He's opening deaf ears, moved on by compassion. The word of God says Jesus fed the hungry multitude. The early church, taking this workable lead, continued in that same compassionate brand. They would be found trying to create levels of care for widows and orphans. When plague started to ravage Rome, it was the early church, it was... The Christian community that would take in the dying and nurse them. That's why Tertullian said, it is our care of the helpless, our practice of love and kindness that brands us. Henry Nouwen, writing about the compassion of Christ, says, when Jesus was moved to compassion, the ground of God's love burst open and became a revelation of tenderness and authentic care. What if that was our branding? What if people said, look at the compassionate action of the assembly? Branding not only being a phrase, but a picture that tries to capture the personality of a product or an organization. Think if what was coined as a way to describe the assembly would be compassion, then you and I would be responsible for giving this community an accurate picture of Jesus. It is my passion that we be branded in such a way that we're identified as belonging to God. And the community seeing our good works would be turned to Christ. The church has for so long talked so much and done so little that we have people who perceive us as being more of a taker than a giver. 
It is my prayer that we would not divorce our talk from our action. It is my prayer that we would be compassionate in our outreach. Now let me try to be as as practical as I can. In your bulletins, you received an insert and it lists for you campus and community outreach opportunities. Let's talk about campus outreach for a moment. Matter of fact, as you exit today over on this side in the corridor around the sanctuary, you'll see different pieces of information, great booths set up to tell you about these campus ministries. You'll see right there at the top, we have listed ushers. They have a table right out here. And I've I've met with them since being the pastor of the church, and I thought I understood their mission. However, as I, I see their display, I realize there was more to their mission than I thought. Because they have these headsets, and they're able to communicate, and it has different channels. And right out there on their display, it says, Channel 1, Sermon, Channel 2, Football. So now I understand, even in the first service, I'm like communicating the message and this usher on the very back to my right has his hand up and I'm thinking, he's not celebrating the message, his team is winning. See, see you could join the usher team and, and be dialed right in to the football game. So if I were you, in reality, our ushers are not just providing a customer service. They are extending the love of God because last week, over 1,900 people were here for both of the morning services, and it was the usher team that helped people park and, and be accommodated as they anticipated needs and helped facilitate the day so that people were without distraction and able to focus on the work of God to them, for them, in them, and through them. Aren't you thankful for this, this usher team that we have here at the assembly? Incredible. And I would challenge you. Some of you have that gift of hospitality. And, and you could extend the compassion of Christ to people by serving on this team. Matter of fact, as you make your way around, you'll see one display. And, and it's, it's a request for people to serve to help make baked cookies to take to all of our guests. I want to tell you, uh, we are increasing in the number of guests by the week And we visit every one of our guests and give them homemade cookies. Now, there are those of you sitting in this room that the thought of of being at the door on a Sunday morning or serving as an usher, that's just not for you. you. You don't have that kind of personality. But put you in a kitchen and you turn into a Pentecostal Pillsbury evangelist. And I want to tell you when you do that, all the rest of us love it. All of these new members, every time I'll have one after the other talk about how they were amazed at a church this size, and yet we would bring to them cookies like within 24 hours of their first visit. There are people who join this church because of cookies. See, so many times we would categorize ministry in too narrow of a fashion. If God has given you that ability, then why don't you love God by loving people by baking cookies? So many ways to serve God. You, you look down the list, and let me just highlight a, a story that amazed me. I heard about it this past Thursday, and it comes out of the worship. The worship ministry of the assembly is amazing, anointed, and powerful. Matter of fact, this past Wednesday night, over 70 people attended just the choir practice. Isn't that great? Now, let me give you this story. A couple of weeks ago, we talked about worship. Great man, 
Earl Curtis, one of the men who joined the church this morning, was diagnosed with cancer four years ago. The doctors told him he had an inoperable tumor. And in recent months, he's had a lot of complications from that. On that Sunday night that we talked about worship, we had just a song at the beginning, and then we went right into the Word, and we opened the Word of God about what it says of the honor, blessing, and command to worship. And then we had a season of worshiping God at the end of that service. And during that time of worship, Earl felt that the tumor just dissolved while we were worshiping God. Now listen to this story. This past week, he went to the doctor. He said, I want to tell you what I think has happened. The doctor said, okay, fair enough. Let's run the tests. They ran all of the tests, and it's medically documented that he had this tumor. It's now medically documented that the tumor is gone. Can we praise God this morning? I want to tell you the compassion of Christ, the activity of God, the glory of God manifests. There is nothing too difficult for our God. His name is above every name. It is above sickness. It is above addiction. The name of Jesus is a strong tower. And when we gather together, we worship in the power of that name. The name of Jesus. And miracles happen. Now thank God for people that would use their gift to serve God. It's like a bursting forth of the compassion and power of God when we lift our voices. Some of you can sing. You need to join this ministry and use your gift. So many of these ministries, and some happen on Sunday and some happen on Wednesday. Let me talk to you about Wednesday. Coming here as the lead pastor in February, I had the privilege to start kind of evaluating and walking around and seeing all of the activity. And as I walked through the hallways of the different buildings of the downtown campus on Wednesday night, to me, it was exactly as Henry Nouwen said, it was like a bursting forth of the compassion of Christ through the servant leader team on a Wednesday night, ministering to every age. To me, as I saw all of the activity in ministry, it was like a goodness revolution. And my responsibility as a lead pastor is to always say, Lord, is there anything that I can do so that there is never a lid put on that then limits the expression, visibility, and impact of the ministry? As I looked at all of the growth that was happening in the downtown campus, the tightening in the classrooms, having to go from one facility to the other, all of those things that have been managed with such care to provide ministry, yet I felt like we were starting to, no doubt, experience a limitation. There was coming a lid on our growth. And so after much prayer, talking to our leaders, talking to the ministry teams, I want to make this announcement. We are about to blow the lid off of Wednesday night. So on October the 7th, all of the downtown ministry will move right out here to the South Campus. October the 7th, we have this premier $8 million facility that we're opening one-seventh of the week. We need to redeem another day and another night and say we have ministry to every age for everybody. Don't miss it. It is life-changing. Our youth pastor said to me, I believe with all of my heart, that our youth ministry could run a 1,000 young people consistently. They could multiply to over 100 small groups. And you know what? 
I believe that with all of my heart. So we're going to throw the doors of this sanctuary open to the youth of this city. Take the limits off. Let them use the technology. Let them use all of the features. And just minister to the youth of this region. I want to tell you greater things are yet to come. Hallelujah. It's going to be an exciting day. Now, there are too many details to talk about this morning. Two weeks from today on Sunday night, I will bring the pastors up and we will just walk you through the whole plan, the whole process. There's a lot to it. But let me say on today, we need your help. The nursery will grow. Children's ministry, Missionettes Royal Rangers will grow. Youth ministry will grow. We need your help. We need you to go to the campus ministry tables. If you need more information, acquire that information, but then sign up and serve God by serving people. Campus ministry. And then we are just so thrilled to talk to you about community ministry. Let me try to set the stage for this. I found over the years a conviction in my heart of where at times I would be a believer of compassion ministry, but I wasn't doing anything. And the Lord showed me that anytime he was moved by compassion, he took action. It is one thing to believe in compassionate ministry It's a God thing to do compassionate ministry. And what I've learned is that really a talk will not create the kind of experience to where I'm converted from not serving to serving. That conversion, that transformation happens within an experience where human need is no longer a concept, but it now has a name. Whether you're in a foreign country or right here in this community, when you wade right out into the milieu of human suffering with no strings attached, something will happen in the depths of your heart. To me, I have no other word. It's like a conversion. And you cannot be the same. You have to act. You have to do something because now you are moved on by compassion. It may not happen in a talk. I can say to you about children I've seen in Kenya that when you would finish a bottle of water and just put it down, they would come up and ask for the empty plastic bottle and they would play with it like a toy and their face lit up as though you had given them an Xbox. Now, until you've experienced that, until you've seen that firsthand and been part of that interaction, it may just be talk. I can tell you that there's Billions that do not have adequate food or water. But when you put yourself in a context where there is a shortage of food or water, you can never be the same again. So we want to facilitate some experiences where compassion can burst forth out of the assembly and reveal the tenderness and the compelling Christ that we serve. Pastor Travis Rutland, who is leading Our local and global outreach has worked hard on today. Would you welcome him as he joins me on the platform today? What I'm going to do is just recognize some community outreach opportunities, but I want him to tell you how you can serve. Let me mention to you the mission. He'll mention to you the service opportunity. We're so honored today to have emergency infant services. They exist 
to meet the basic human needs of infants and children under five years of age, providing formula, milk, food, diapers, medicine, clothing, and furniture. This is for families who are in a crisis and in emergency situations. That's their mission. Now listen to how you can be involved. What a great ministry. You can get involved as, a, as an interviewer, as a phone attendant. You can be a play area supervisor as the families come to get their basic needs like formula and diapers. You can watch the kids and play with them. You can help shop for emergency infant services or be a driver to pick up supplies that they desperately need. Uh, Eileen Bradshaw is the representative and she's here with us today and please welcome her. Would you stand please? We welcome you today. We're so honored to have you. Now here's an opportunity, a community outreach and you can see her right after this service, get additional information and then love God by loving people in need in that organization. I'm excited again to welcome Pearl's Hope. Pearl's Hope provides transitional housing and an array of support services to promote self-reliance and financial stability. Pearl's Hope is a shelter for homeless women and their children here in Tulsa. In late September of 2008, Pearl's Hope opened their first women's shelter. Within one week, the facility was full and a waiting list began to grow. This is meeting a need. Listen to how you can be part of the mission. Uh, Pearl's Hope operates under the umbrella of an of a organization called Circle of Care. And uh, what you can do at Pearl's Hope is you can volunteer as a babysitter to uh, watch the kids, to allow the moms to go to training sessions and, and things like that to better themselves, to be able to transition into their own home, into their own apartment. You can also volunteer to sort donations of clothing and hi- household items. And another thing that Circle of Care does is they have a foster child program. And uh, we have two representatives from Circle of Care and Pearl's Hope with us today, Candace Morton and Julie McDonald. Please welcome them. God bless you. Welcome to the assembly. Thanks for all you're doing. And so church, we just want to be released into outreach ministry. If this grabs your heart, get more information and get involved. So excited today to bring before you the Little Lighthouse. The Little Lighthouse is a Christian developmental center that is focused on serving children with special needs. Listen to their mission. Our mission is to glorify God by improving the quality of life for children with special needs, their families, and their communities. Kelly and I, not too long ago, we were able to tour this incredible ministry. It it is so forward with their heart for Christ and their heart for people. You cannot walk through that place and be the same. It's that conversion I've talked about. It's that, that experience that creates something in you. And, and it's exactly what the word teaches us. You'll be moved on by compassion. And you will be amazed. I want to tell you that they are glorifying God because they are making such a tremendous difference. Listen to how you can serve there. There's a lot of different ways you can assist in assuring that these special needs children get the individualized services that are so critical to their progress. You can do administrative things in the office. You can help with facilities or fundraising. But but the most exciting thing, in my opinion, is classroom volunteers, where you get to have one-on-one interaction with those wonderful kids and impact their lives and impact their families. Yeah. Excuse me. Uh, (laughs) 
Ron and I are weepers. We'll see if we can get through this without crying. Okay? Right. It's about over. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, the representatives for the Little Lighthouse are actually members of our church. Their daughter is a graduate of the Little Lighthouse. Please welcome Danny and Molly Xerox. They're here with us. Kelly and I walked through with Danny and Molly and their daughter Morgan is a graduate. This is a special family. And if you would like to know more, they could do such a better job at communicating to you the need and opportunity than I could. Why don't you go see them, talk to them? Your life will never be the same. Matter of fact, I know that Pastor Travis in the future would be happy to organize tours and take groups of you and let you see it firsthand, let you get an idea of what ministry looks like there. And we will do everything we can so that there can be a bursting forth of the love of Christ through these outreach opportunities. Well, let's continue. Next, we would like to recognize the Tulsa Dream Center that has a vision to see thousands of hurting people restored and empowered to achieve the dream that God has for them, caring for the whole person, spirit, soul, and body. It's a place where miracles are happening every day. They reach out to the hurting, the lost, and the wounded, and they want to have them experience the love and the power of Christ. It's, it's happening right here in Tulsa, and here's how you can serve. There's a lot of volunteer opportunities at the Dream Center. It's a fantastic place that's reaching out to the people that often slip through the cracks in our, in our community. So they're reaching out to the, to the least and the lowest, and uh, they do some awesome things. They have a medical and dental clinic. If you have a background in medicine, you want to get involved and, and help others. They also provide legal assistance. They have a food and clothing ministry, and they also provide free furniture. So if you have furniture you want to give or you want to get involved in helping sort that, there's a lot of ways to do that. And they have two representatives here, Michael Pansano and Joshua Ward. Please welcome them. Thank you for your servant's heart. Thank you for what you're doing, and we want to champion the cause and be involved. And so see these two great leaders once you leave here today and inquire how you can be a part of that. Now let's uh, recognize the Tulsa Habitat for Humanity. Of course, you know how this works, a partnership with God and people so that houses can either be built or renovated so that people can have a decent place to live. And what an incredible opportunity. Pastor Travis, tell us how we can serve. Well, the main way you get involved with Habitat for Humanity, obviously, is you go and you build, you get involved in in construction, you put your skills to use. Uh, I don't have much of a construction background myself, but they will take anybody. They they just want you uh, to to get involved and volunteer. You can also get involved in maybe donating materials that you have or different ways like that. Uh, The representative actually told me between the services that they just started a new program called Youth United which is uh, getting kids to sponsor to build houses. It's for ages between 5 and 25. And I can't think of a better way to get your family involved in community outreach than building a home for another family. Let your kids, this is what we, this is what we did as a family. I think it's a fantastic way to help others that really need your help. The representative for Habitat for Humanity is here. Her name is Jamie Cox. Please welcome her. Hi. I think it'd be incredible if in 2010 we as a church just built a house for Habitat for Humanity and involved our young people, all of our families. There's no doubt that we could do that. And so why don't you see her if you would like to know more information about that incredible, incredible opportunity. Well, we have prison outreach right from this church. 
And we would love to have you be a part of that team. Here's how you can serve. Our prison outreach is actually operates from our church. This is, this is our prison outreach, and uh, it's awesome. We go to a men's uh, halfway house. These are guys that are trying to transition back into society. Uh, they can only leave to go to work, so they can't leave to go to services or attend church or anything like that. So we take the service to them. It's on Tuesday evenings. It's an awesome way to, to help these guys that are trying to get back on their feet. They're trying to find yeah. redemption. They're trying to find forgiveness, and to offer that helping hand to them is great. I've gone. I, I loved it. The guys that go are dedicated and sincere, and, and they're passionate about what they do, and I hope that you would get involved. Our, uh, our leaders are members of our church. It's Bob and Judy Clark, and please give them a round of applause. These are great people. So you'll be so inspired just to be with them as they serve in this way. And so please get involved. We, we have one more, and, and I, I just feel this in my heart. You, you said the word, the least. And then when you said that a few minutes ago, it just went off in my heart. Right in Matthew 25, Jesus is making a separation between people groups. And it was not based on what they felt about the least. It's what they did. It was action. And this is all about taking action because when we serve people in these ways, we are serving Jesus. Compassion becomes the metric. Well, the next is the food and clothing pantry that operates right out of the assembly. And and listen to this great report and how you can serve. Uh, Our food and clothing pantry operates out of our downtown campus. And uh, the last couple of months, I guess, with the economy and things like that, every month that I've been here uh, since June, the numbers of people that have gone to the pantry has gone up every single month. So we're now serving. Last month, we served more than 100 families came through our food and clothing pantry, which is amazing because we're only open four days a week. We're only open Monday through Thursday. We would love to be open for more days, longer hours, open weekends and nights. We cannot do that without volunteers. This is an awesome way to give back to the community, to show people we're the assembly. God loves you. We love you. It's, it's awesome. And I, I strongly encourage that you get involved. Uh, we have great volunteer leadership, and that is uh, John and Linda Polkowski, and they do an awesome job. Thank you. Pastor Travis not only leads our local outreach and hasn't he done a great job getting all of these organizations here. Thank you for this information. Great job. And he has told me, and listen to this global outreach. We are right now supporting, and, and this is a place to, for, for like a strong amen and a celebration. We have 77 missionaries that we are now supporting across this world. 77 missionaries. He's given me a report that there are 12 very special projects that we are involved in. But quite frankly, under his leadership, I think that we'll double the number of missionaries being supported. I think we will double the projects that we are supporting. And on November the 8th, he is going to release all of the information about opportunities, trips that you can go on in 2010. There will be at least three of them that he will lead to foreign countries where you can be hands-on and have this experience of missions where compassion will burst forth from your heart uh, and it will forever change your life. Thank you, Pastor Travis. Great job. God bless you. Let Let me try to sum this up today. Thank you, Pastor Chance, for helping him down the stairway. They, they have a love-hate relationship. And, uh, 
Pastor Chance was just showing the compassion of Christ there. It was just bursting forth. It just burst. He burst out of the seat because the compassion of God was just bursting forth. And we'll see who makes it back to service tonight out of either one of them. We're having a lot of fun serving Jesus. Serving Jesus. Let me just kind of go over in conclusion. Here, here is the vision. Look at this picture. It's that we worship. Because here's what we know. The, t- the scripture is so clear on this. That compassion flows out of a relationship with God. Community. We connect with the people we serve. We connect with the people we serve with. There are young people who could tell you about relationships they now have because they went on a missions trip together. And because they served together, they connected. You see, to have the most out of the journey of being a part of the assembly is you have to believe in the leadership. You can't follow a vision if you don't believe in the leader. And you've got to bond with the people. You have to begin ministry. As you begin ministry, you can bond with the people and you find your assignment, your place on the team. We're not just trying to acquire more people that will just come and see but co-laborers that will go and tell. The harvest is not the issue. It's ready. The issue, the need, more workers. Come out of the grandstands and serve. Discipleship, because as we grow, we close the gap between what we say and what we do. Outreach, because as people see our good works, They're turned to a clear, compelling portrait of Christ. And their lives are changed. The action is involvement. Come and enjoy being a part of the team, campus ministry or community ministry. You can walk the hallway and see all the campus ministry opportunities. Make your way around to the community ministry opportunities. Get involved. And I guess the most stirring thing in my heart is as I prayed about this service, the Lord just made it clear to me I was to say to you that this is going to be our finest hour. Here's what that came to mean to me that I want to declare to you. You perhaps saw the movie, you know the story of Apollo 13. The spacecraft on its flight and its mission encountered a major problem. And one of the key leaders there at the control center said this would be perhaps the worst disaster of NASA history. But the main leader, he responded and said, I disagree. For I believe this will be our finest hour. Everyone worked with such intensity and focus to try and communicate to those on the spacecraft how to make what was needed in order for the spacecraft to re-enter safely Earth's orbit. For upon re-entry, they could either bounce off the 
Earth's orbit and go into oblivion or they could burn up in a matter of seconds. So as Apollo 13 was re-entering Earth's orbit, there was no communication for about three minutes. And then finally in the static, you heard these words, Houston, this is Apollo 13. And you watched everyone in the control center just start to celebrate as NASA experienced its finest hour as choice people who were going to die were saved. One year ago, as a congregation, the enemy wanted to step up and say, you were about to experience your worst disaster of the assembly history. But the Spirit of God rose up in your leaders and your pastors and within you, the church. And today I'm here to declare this is going to be our finest hour. Our finest hour. Don't you know what you have heard today is not what the devil wanted a year ago? He didn't want campus ministries that are thriving to be brought before you with opportunities for you to serve. He didn't want these community outreach opportunities to be brought before you where we could burst forth in the compassion of Christ. Don't you know it's not the devil's intentions that 300 pastors would come here tomorrow to be trained, influence, a day of personal advancement? I want to tell you, it is not our worst disaster. This is our finest hour. Hallelujah.